Hello and welcome to another episode of the Polytechnicast. I'm Rob Stenzinger and this is a place where I do a lot of journaling about the, the things I care a lot about. Sometimes that's just, you know, creative projects, which, um, you know, personal, professional endeavors, some kind of mix of all the above. And I mean, just this process of journaling, it's, it helps me a lot. And I mean, there's a couple topics I actually thought of hitting record um, to, to get some thoughts out and thinking out loud is one of them. I love that. I mean, it's, that's that, uh, let's flag that for another, for a future episode. Uh, I'm even writing it down, thinking out loud. So great way to solve and think about problems, get other, you know, insights and whatnot. But, uh, I have a different one. It's a little squishier that, that I wanted to share with you. It's, it's a, um, what does it look like? How do I describe this? It's it's jargon. It's design community jargon. It's the it's it's super useful. It, there seems to be a cycle or a timeline. I mean, maybe maybe it's the the classic uh, what it's the trend curve or, or the hype curve. I guess maybe there's a maybe it relates to that. I don't know. Um, the whole trend curve being that sort of um, bell curve where on the left side you have early adopters. And um, the, you know, the farther left you go, the, you know, what's assumed is it's, it's not a very optimal place to be as a business, but it, it could be if you're doing something that's going to get higher up the curve in popularity, right? Hey, no kidding. Everyone would love to be able to predict the future <laughs> and just, you know, say, well, I'll invest five bucks here and make five billion bucks later on. That's, wouldn't that be nice? But um yeah, some things or I think it, it can be it's it can be of oh, this is meta, but like a tool like the trend curve can be a valid um uh like a a mechanism to invite thinking and participation to examine a concept, a situation, a need, a product, what have you, or the in- intersection of multiple of those things. That is a tool. There's a context that where a tool is applicable. And so sometimes, I guess what I'm, this is really burying the lead, it's, I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my understanding around the, um, when a term that the community likes falls into um, ill repute, it's, it's, it's not well loved anymore. Um, and the th- one I'm thinking about right now, for example, is a minimum viable product or MVP. And I, I suppose, I mean, you can look at anything if when you have sort of a, a framing and, and, and if you're looking at it with that suspicion, you think, oh, you're going to miss, this is going to be misused. This may be misused against me or someone I care about. Um, minimum viable product, that must mean that you, because I have a negative framing and I'm, I'm you know, saying, well, some, someone is bringing this concept to me and I'm saying to that person, well, um, you must not really care about me as a user. You must not care about the people you help if you're just doing the minimum, right? And if you only care about the money, you got to throw the viable in there, right? You can always find, um, well, I mean, I, I imagine, you know, being, you're, you're probably a creative person. You, 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 using tools, 
to help frame you frame things and can help with brainstorming and get ideas out. So yeah, negative framing is almost like a Mad Lib for um, trash talk. So okay, go for it. Very doable, very repeatable process to negatively frame a thing and and see how somehow it's just so, it, it seems useful and insightful. Not that someone's wrong for framing something negatively. It's good to get um, uh, a variety of perspectives and critique and points of view. Even if you are someone who really really loves a concept and you're trying to design, um, choosing to, uh, well, take a point of view and do role playing and think about this from the perspective of someone who doesn't like it. And even if you're not ready to like fully embody that perspective putting yourself in the position where you now must be to you need to be open to that perspective is super useful so yeah i I, i'm a fan of of um adopting like a negative um outlook or framing on a on a concept or topic just as a way to to just try to get more insights and even um maybe even shake loose something that i i didn't consider before and, and and uncover a um, a place I wasn't looking. That's that's great. So it has a function. It has a use. So you, I, I, I totally understand looking at minimum viable product in a negative framing. And um, well, if you're going to, well, spend a lot of money and resources toward a thing, uh, it makes sense. Okay. But then, uh, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to do is look at myself too in this whole dynamic of, I, I thought it was pretty darn useful. So the idea that, um, well, the function of this mechanism of, of minimum viable product uh, has helped me in roles and organizations to, uh, for so again, providing my context of why I thought it was, it had so much utility and, and um, you know, helpful, well-met service. It felt like an empowering tool. And I think it was not just the idea that it, that so to, to say minimum viable product means you want to somehow um, think that, um, well, what, what makes a product meaningful for you as a business? What makes a product meaningful for the audience you serve? And how informed are you with um, understanding a new need and how can you act on building that, right? So it's, it's a bit of the feasibility viability and desirability overlap, right? It has this intersection of, well, can you make it? Do you uh, see the need and the want for making it? And then if you do, does that, well, serve your organization too? Okay. Why would I find that useful? Because I've, well, served in large organizations that uh, sometimes there's um, a stagnance. So, uh, a desire to not do things. And to me, that is where you've ground to a halt the ability to learn and adapt and serve your audience. How can you uh, discover the new places you need to grow as a company? How do you find the new products that can bring you through when the old ones have serve their purpose and the world has moved on or the, the needs are getting met in other ways. Somehow there needs to be newness in almost any organization. And the permission to face newness is um, 
I mean, it's not like it's free and everywhere. And it's, it's, it's really um, functional and safe and convenient and easy to just say no to all new things in many organizations. So something like minimum viable, minimum viable product comes along and it has this glow to it of, well, the world's talking about it. Somehow there's a positive framing that makes it appealing, um, maybe uh, palatable, like, like, well, this appears to be low enough risk to try something because it takes the idea of not doing something correct and saying that, well, that is a process of discovery and learning. And now you can use what you learn as a resource to inform what you do next with evolving an existing product or making something new. And that's where your money comes from. So why not? And if you do it in this minimum viable product way, it's a way to affordably encounter and manage the, the risks overall. I mean, it's, you know, like if you approach anything cavalierly, if you take a tool and you abuse it or throw it off a cliff or um, use it in an unkind, uninclusive, uh, uncaring manner, well, okay, that probably isn't a... I would say you're probably not ready to be learning anyway. <laughs> so there is a fitness, there's a context, there's a sort of a, there's a well-met situation and there's plenty of not well-met situations where um, if you happen to be trying to use something like minimum viable product approaches or a way to just sort of frame and say, yeah, we're going to make things in a small affordable way so we can learn. You don't have to call it, you don't need the jargon. You could just call it that. It doesn't need a catchy name or title or label, but there sure is something about a catchy title or label that really helps um, spread a, an idea. And uh, somehow it's like a, it's like you can compress positive framing into something so small as a piece of jargon. And during some window of time, that jargon does a great job of, you know, conveying that in some contexts, but in other contexts, people have different experiences, right? So for me, I found it pretty useful, it seemed pretty pragmatic and empowering. Um, it felt like it was, it was clarifying. It wasn't hiding what was happening, but then everyone's mileage will vary, right? So some organizations maybe aren't, you know, if finding that go in the way that you know, f uh, they're not having the same positive experience. They're not maybe embracing the learning. Maybe they're not, um, maybe they're like other words that have had a, a, a life cycle of extreme positivity and wide adoption to then, you know, not be so ubiquitously positive things like agile, <laughs> um, I mean, why does that happen? Well, I suppose negative events, right? Experiences that go past what was um, deemed acceptable, right? So maybe minimum viable product was more expensive than expected. Maybe it uh, was expensive due to effort, or overall cost and resources to move quicker and faster and, and uh, to mitigate some risks, 
maybe that required, I don't know, paying for a different kind of hosting. Like you're no longer cost optimized. Like a, a lot of organizations, they will be um, the reason for so many decisions that, that don't go in the way of adapting to new circumstance is because of being hyper-optimized to, um, well, for, to, to be so cost-efficient that only it leaves so few options available. Um, uh, many decisions are taken away. The flexibility goes away, but the cost will go down. Anyway, so learning requires some amount of flexibility and some affordance for that. But if that price is higher than what was expected, eh, then the framing of MVP is not going to stay positive. Um, maybe it's a matter of the industry and how MVP gets used to market services and products. The thing, nothing can live up to magic, right? So if, if, a, if a term gets lifted that high where everyone is, you know, not everyone, but, but, a, but a critical mass, enough people are celebrating it and singing it so um, positively, it's probably doomed. It's, um, I bet it's predictable to just notice that and say, uh-oh, <laughs> no matter what it is, it's now the, the, um, the icon, what it represents, it's going to be, uh, used as a concept in different stories and framings that, that just, it's not going to stay that positive anymore and may never get that positive again. And I've, I've just been seeing that with, with MVP. There's a lot of, um, a lot of takedowns, a lot of, um, takes that, uh, you know, I love design Twitter. I love the, I've learned so much. I'm deeply grateful for the, for the folks who are, who share their formal and informal insights. I mean, they're talking about strategies or they're talking about sandwiches. They're fun. You know, I love design folks. And then there is this thing of the, the dynamic of the community. And when, it, when a word gets, you know, lifted up and then taken down and MVP seems like it's in its takedown phase. So yeah, minimum viable product. Uh, I can see it, you know, I can see how it was never a good fit for some places in some contexts, but anyway, experiences will play out. I, and so other thoughts I have on this, um, Hmm. I do wonder more about the backlash. I mean, is it like, where does it come from? Is it, is it from, uh, I, maybe there's a continuum from, let's see, uh, let's see, form a believer. Let's see, like, so maybe someone that was a formal believer or a pragmatic believer where it's like formal believer. It's like maybe they, they did it, it, it emerged from the academic research and practice of, um, building user-centered things and whatnot. And I don't know, maybe. And then maybe there's a pragmatic believer who's like, hey, I don't know, that just looks useful. And I can trust it because I can see how the, it really functions and meets my scenario. I don't know. And I just wonder if like, would, would those people wearing that, those different personas, how do they engage with the rise, the, the, the rise and fall of, of something that would be, um, you know, as popular as a minimum viable product in that community. And I think that's 
yeah, maybe just some effort for a future article or exploration to be determined. Where, where right now it was just this is journaling off the cuff and thinking about um, thinking about this situation and sharing it with you. Which the Polytechnicast is totally a place where I want to do that more. And in support of that, I have set up a Patreon. Well, so yeah, if you want to support the Polytechnicast, if you would like to get the Polytechnicast earlier than um, other folks, because I do really plan to make more of them. And if you want to even say high five and thanks for the ones I made so far, talking about all kinds of things, um, creative process and design and storytelling and series like, you know, uh, practicing UX and UX for all. That's uh, that's a place if you can go to uh, patreon.com slash Rob Stenzinger and you can pick a support level where you can get a membership that's either three, nine or $35 a month. The $3 a month, I say that that's the encouraging reader and you'll get some news and updates, work in progress for latest articles and stuff like that. The $9 a month is where you get, that's that's the journal podcast supporter and so there's, you'll even get exclusive episodes of the Polytechnicast, which I have a special name for that. It's the, um, this is the workshop title, right? It's the Polytechnicast Super Patron Z. <laughs> and, and yeah, so you get some of these, like, like Polytechnicast that will be exclusive only to that group. And um, that's, that's something I, I look forward to creating and sharing. And then there's the group product lab and there's only 10 spots available for that. And that's a thing where you're practicing the process of product design and there's sort of a flow to it, a creative progression and that we will in, engage in sort of in a, in a month to month thing. And, and you can um, in, look at it in a nonlinear way where maybe you're practicing more, um, more design and research one month, maybe you're practicing more merchandising and marketing than in, in another month and or anything in between it's this well you're you're part of a small group of people doing this kind of thing so it's a bit of a a product development and design workout lab and there you go so all these things are accumulative and so if if uh if you do like a higher tier a month you get everything else from the lower tiers and so far i've done a couple things where um just for just as a thank you right so for um i've got um, an article that's locked behind a paywall that I said, thank you for the $3 patrons. That's the, uh, my essay about assumptions. I talk about them early and often. And then I have a thank you for, um, for everybody as well. Um, it's, well, Guitar Fretter. You, you will get Guitar Fretter, the game I made to make it, um, to make it fun and, and um, well, this, this, well, active gameful exploration of the guitar fretboard and learn, learn where the notes are and stuff. It's like playing a, bit, a game of a of, um, little bit of, oh, Galaga, Space Invaders, where you need to match the notes on the monster's bellies with the positions on the guitar. And you get that for free. And that's, that's, um, that unlocks it for Mac and PC. Uh, more thank yous like that are coming. Even thank yous like, you know, maybe even one of my workshops that um, that'll happen for the higher levels. So stay tuned for the more about that. You can go to patreon.com slash Rob Stenzinger. And then let's see more to come. Lots more to come through there. And that's about all about making this sustainable and uh, more consistent. So here I am sharing some thoughts and this kind of post, you would just get early access to it. 
by joining the Patreon. Um, but of course, I still want to reach all of you awesome supporters and listeners of the Polytechnicast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for downloading downloading this, and thank you very much for listening. <laughs>